you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome to She's All Over the Place. I am so excited to have you here. I have an exciting episode today and with a beautiful stand-up comic that's from Detroit. He goes by the name of Corey Sherelle. And I met him in Clubhouse and I heard him. I connected. I'm like, Detroit Roots, what? And I'm just like, yo, I would love to have you on my show. And he said, yes. And so he's here. And listen, this show is to inspire you. Um, It's for the person who wants to take actionable steps to be an entrepreneur in their life. If you want to share this with a family or a friend, then please do Um, spread the love, support artists, and definitely um, you're in for an exciting show. So um, with no further ado, I would like to introduce Corey Sherell. Corey, thank you for being here. Hey, what's going on? I'm I'm so happy to be here, uh, Katie. You're totally awesome. It's, It's crazy how we like clicked up on Clubhouse instantly. Like Detroit? Detroit, and then I saw how talented you was, and I'm like, oh wow, she's amazing. So um, it felt great to um, just have someone come in and show me some um, hometown love, especially with having Tiffany Haddish on stage. Like everyone who was on stage from Tehran, which is like my mentor in the game, who's been like a huge influence uh, for me. So it was like dope to have someone come in and say, hey, Detroit, you know, like I, I, I absolutely uh, loved it. We'll have to talk more about Tehran, um, but it, I was, thank you for all that. And it was a magical stage that we were on. Um, it was the Laugh Factory stage, the Laugh Factory out of Los Angeles, California. Yes. And I mean, I grew up in LA, so I was going past Sunset Boulevard like multiple times a day. You would just cruise down Sunset Boulevard. It's like the mm-hmm. thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And when I first moved to Hollywood at the end of 2001, my first like big time, huge event. Polly Shore was there and I was there and I like, he was like passing me and I went right up to him and we had this magnetic connection and we were just like, boom. And we were like, I love you. How are you? We were hugging. It was so crazy. It was like, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> but I don't know if it was just that synergetic, energetic connection. No, like that's it. When you connect and meet people or if it was from watching movies growing up, but it's it's the same vibes of us being on stage together and connecting that way. Like uh, on Clubhouse, like seriously, Seriously, there were four Detroit artists besides me. There was five, five total. And I've never been on a panel or wow. in, a, in a space where it's like, yo, like Detroit, Detroit. Two people were from Flint. I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is where I belong. It was like, yes. it was really, it was really fun. So it, it was neat to, you know, be a part of that community. So, um, you know, ping me in and don't forget about me. Always keep the loop. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So um, you're from Detroit. And uh, where in Detroit are you from? I'm from the west side of Detroit, Seven Mile. So what's up to everybody from the west side of Detroit, Corey B. Um, I love Detroit. I'm not, I'm from, I feel like I'm from the heart of the city, like Seven Mile and Livernois area. Wow, you are actually from Detroit, like west side. That's so amazing. So I grew up seven mile west side, but in the suburbs. So like, I am <laughs> like, you just go straight yeah. a little more west and like, yes. you'll be at my parents' house. <laughs> okay. Seriously. But my so mom, you're like yeah. Ferndale. Ferndale, Pat, keep going. Uh, gotcha. Well, on the freeway, Royal Oak, the Detroit. Okay, Road. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, seriously, but still, it's seven miles. It's the direction that you gave me were like this, but I get it. I get it. I, I know where you're at. For sure. I grew up going to parties in Detroit, like uh, electric EDM <sighs> parties before like 
DJs were big in Western civilization. Yo, tell us some stories, like one, two stories about Detroit growing up there and some of ex- your experiences. Well, I, well, first of all, I want to say I love Detroit. Um, I love what they're doing in Detroit right now, downtown Detroit. Um, Muff, shout out to Muffer High School. Well, being a Detroiter, um, it's a lot of it's a lot of different things that we we all debate on that we're like big on. One thing for sure, we're big on our sports teams. Okay, so like even though the Pistons, they they never like kind of was like a team that was like desired team, but we were a tough team, you know. And so, like, I remember when I began to want to be, like, a Michael Jordan fan, my grandmother, like, literally telling me, like, no, you can't get any Michael Jordans. You can get these Grand Hills. And so, like, she invested, like, no, we're going to be Detroit Pistons fans until you, you know, until we win a championship or something. So I think just, like, sometimes having bad sports teams and when, like, Barry Sanders became really good and became popular, just being happy. But all of my members in De- my my, my uh, memories of Detroit has really been about, like, more of a country aspect because a lot of my family migrated from um, Alabama to uh, Detroit. And so just that Southern um, 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 aspect of, like, what a lot of us Detroiters have, I believe, like, uh, I want to say that because, like, it's, it's not like New York. New York is totally like, you could go here, go here. Detroit is more like home. Like people have backyard parties. And so like, that's where the comedy started for me in the sense was like the barbershop. Like we had the real true barbershop experience where your barber was so funny or whatnot, you know? So, um, I I kind of, Yes. Like you see in the movies, right? They oh, have absolutely. scenes and ma- that's because it's part of the culture. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Tell me some, tell me another story about Detroit. Like um, some, maybe some favorite places you like going to in Detroit okay. memories. Occasion Bowling Crab, I want to say is one of my favorite spots to go to. Um, I love the uh, seafood. Uh, there's really good. They got the crab bags. Or not that um that's on McNichols. And then the thing that you have to my so that's one of my personal favorites, but something that's like just amazing is you gotta experience a Coney Island experience, okay? Mm. You gotta know what to get. Okay. So like my Coney dogs, I love the Coney Island experience. So when I come home, that's like my guilty pleasure. Yeah, and you know I'm Greek, so you know the Greeks own all those Coney Islands. Come you? on, ah. come on. So shout out to all your cousins, like. Yeah. Please give listen. Give me a discount, guys. Now, when you see me, I should not have to pay taxes. Okay. I mean, no, like the Coney dog. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, like, so when we're both in Detroit, we're gonna make a plan and go there together. Okay. We should do it. We can like go. We maybe we can go on a hunt to find like the best Coney dog experience. Okay. Okay. We can I'll, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll 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 ask some people. We can ask. So, or you know, we'll ask. So we yeah, can we can do like a research. Possible. We can find yeah. out. Yeah, we can find out. We could go there. I'll be the. I can be the tester. Like I don't really eat meat, but oh, like, I think that's I like. Every, I'm like health conscious. You're plant based. No, I'm more like on the pescatarian side of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I flirt pescata- with. I flirt with meat. <laughs> I was. A pes- I was a pescatarian for like more than a decade, for sure. I'm all about it. I know what you mean, but I just started um, eating beef not too long ago. I did my viome. Have you done your viome? No. You need to do your viome. Uh, I'll tell you about the details um, about okay. it, but you definitely need your viome. It's all about gut intelligence and your gut health. And for me, I I need to have beef. So it's it's every everybody's different, but for me specifically, and I'm not an affiliate with them, so I'm not giving getting a ten percent discount or anything right now. But I definitely, 
I know, I definitely know um, he was on Jay Shetty's podcast and I listened to Naveen, who's the, he's a multi-billionaire. He went to the university, Singularity, he has a beautiful family and he created Viome for um, people's, the the health of humanity. So he doesn't make money from it. It's just costs and he doesn't, he didn't do it to make money. He's already a multi-billionaire, but I know he was, I listened to Jay Shetty's podcast that he's on and I know Jay Shetty has a podcast um, and his code is like Jay Shetty 10 or just Jay Shetty. So if anyone's listening to this, and they want their biome. There you go. But um, yeah, so moving uh, right along, um, you're in New York City. When did you move to New York City? I moved to New York City three and a half years ago. I moved to New York City and my goal was to pursue my, uh, my comedy career, acting. And so I kind of studied the comedians around me, who was popular, how guys market, just kind of hung around the comedy clubs and just kept it quiet. I didn't say, didn't talk to many people or whatnot, and um, just studying and understanding my delivery. Um, I was really looking at uh, confidence, like the mentality of the comedian. So I was there almost as if I was judging content of what they believed the content to be. So it wasn't necessarily if I found it funny, just looking at how he positioned what he came to give us. And so um, that helped me have a mentality to know what I wanted to bring to comedy and what I wanted to bring to the, um, you know, to, to, to the person I was listening and to have a better confidence. Great. And then, so, so you went as a, as an observer before you started doing the open mic circuit then? Yes. Yes. And how long did you, were you the observer? Are you a Scorpio by chance? No, July 22nd. So oh, I'm like, okay. I'm fire and desire. I'm a cancer and a Leo. I'm going to cuss. So oh, you wow. Two Got for it. the practice one. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So you went in your, um, cause I know like, um, so you went and observe and you did research and you studied. Um, and then how long did you do that before you, um, started doing your first open mics? Um, so that took me, I want to say I spent the summer doing that. Great. There's no, no performance, just, just watching. And did you like go to, because they are like summer earlier, five o'clock, seven o'clock, 11 o'clock. Did you go to like bounce around like one, two, three shows like all around New York City? No, no what I would do, what I would do was I went to um, every club. I found out like I was looking at people's social media accounts, seeing who was going to be at this place. I looking at like the flyers like of shows and I was just watch each. Like I would go to um, like, for example, I went to the cellar once. I went to um, it's so many clubs that I, that's out here. Um, New York Comedy Club. I went there once. Uh, West Side Comedy Club. And I would go to Stand Up New York. I would go there once. And and and, and once I saw what I saw, I let that be. And I, and I wrote. And I became engulfed him. So I didn't hang out too long. And then I built my money up to market. So I got a job here to save up so I can be able to market myself because I wanted to have my own comedy night. So I already kind of had an idea that I wanted to invest in myself because I saw the marketing. I didn't, I didn't want to be the comedian that need other comedians to push me. I wanted to be the comedian to, to push himself. Great. I love that. Did you go to the Grizzly Pair? Yes. It's yes. so like downstairs on the yes, yes. I love that. That's actually one of my, my favorite uh, places to go to. On McDougal Street. Actually. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's a cool uh, street. I love that street. Um, back in the day, uh, Yoko Ono, she had a Monday night 
my former manager, um, mm -hmm. his dad had its cafe wall and uh, Yoko Ono had Monday nights there and it was called the happening and it would be every Monday and there was no alcohol. So they could stay past open to like four yeah. in the morning. But Jimi Hendrix performed there before he became Jimi Hendrix. And um, he my former manager's um, dad actually gave him the thousand dollars to go to London and do that performance. And I guess he like thanked four people and it was, it was, um, Oh wow. Yeah, I know. So that, that street is legendary McDougal street in New York city. Well, it is. It mm -hmm. is. It's very legendary. So, um, did you, so did you study comedy? Did you take comedy classes? Uh, if so, who did you study with? How did, how does that look for you? All right. So with, with comedy, um, Ali Sadiq is the guy who I study. So Ali Sadiq is, um, to me, he's, he's a legendary comedian. I mean, he's written for some of our top comedians in the world. And from the Dave Chappelle's, he's worked along with so many people just in comedy. He has so much respect. Um, it, was, it, it was his journey that was similar to mine. Um, uh, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, I, I, I am one that um, I suffer from, like, like a lot of kids in inner cities um, and these broken communities. In a sense, we kind of suffer from not having the same normalcies as others. And so for me, um, Ali Sadiq, um, with knowing that he had a, a story where he was, in a sense, trying to break a generational curse. I mean, we all are in one way, whether it's just like love your family better, whether if it's like if you're trying to break something and you want to be better, it doesn't matter if yours is different than mine. The fact that we want more is so dope. And so, like, for him, his story was so similar to mine that uh, with, with him going to prison and being incarcerated, and um, I went to, he went to prison at 17 years old. He did six years, and I went at um, 17 years old. Um, and, and I don't even mind talking about it. It was, it was um, I don't want to make light of it, um, but it was conspiracy to um, a robbery. And, and being young, um, uh, having some friends that had a BB gun and just things got out of hand, and and not knowing um, and 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 not knowing that I should have been focused on the help that I needed because at this time I was a homeless kid and I was going through so many things um, in my life at that time that um, I believe a young man shouldn't have to deal with. I should have still been consistently asking for help. You cannot ask for help enough. Whether if you go to the fire department and ask for help, if you not have a, a healthy living, or if you go to your neighbor or a teacher, but you have to ask for help. And so um, just going away for so many years, Ali Sadiq, his book, A Life, how he walked and what, what he did to become him, um, seeing it, being able to experience someone that's similar to you, uh, contrary to looking in the past and looking at people to motivate you. I had a guy right in front of me before me. That's what inspired me into comedy. And in in outside of saying the Richard Pryors and the George Carlin, I mean, there's so many names out here that don't get spoke about with their, how great they are. And so um, he's definitely uh, my focal point that I would like to name today outside of the grace that we all can debate. You know? Okay. Well, a couple of things I would like to um, have their names and put them in the show notes so people can look them up. Absolutely. That's cool. Also, in the beginning, at the beginning, when you were sharing at the start, I, I got chills in my body. I'm getting chills now still. And, and I feel this um, space within myself. And I have some questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, so, um, initially there was, um, um, dysfunction in the home for you to be homeless. Uh, well, well, my mother was a prostitute and a drug addict. And so I, I didn't have, I lived with a, um, a classmate my entire um, high school. So he ended up going to college 
to Notre Dame and I had, I had a scholarship to play ball. And um, it was just a thing of my last year, his mom said, you need to find somewhere to live, Court. And I had no family to really call and contact. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 16 years old at this time. And, and I'm like, call my cousin. My cousin said, you can live with one of his cousins. And I lived with his cousin and they were kind of like some thugs. They were some guys that was just, that was trying to um, let their, their frustrations out in a different way. If there was no leadership, it was like, I'm 16 going to a 21 year old who's hurt too. And yeah. that's living in a, um, um, a home that's, you know, that's broken and that has no structure. And so that was the predicament that I was genuinely in. And I, I did go to my principal and tell her I was, uh, and told her my dilemma. And they, um, they were trying to find me help, but that's I ended up to hear. Yeah. That's so yeah. good to hear though. They were you trying know, to find me help. It's so good that you were actually, that you opened up and went to the school. That's great. I stayed with my coach for a couple of days. Uh-huh. So it was like over, but it's still overwhelming to have a kid that you have to take care of for a whole year. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a lot on someone. And then you don't want to just say, go to the system. And so when we have what the solution for this, because I want the listener to know, I mean, so many people, I'm sure that's um, writing comments or, or have something that they may want to say. Um, the solution for this, because I'm not a person that just rides on the negative story, because there's, and feel free to ask me anything, is that we have to have more programs that if someone's in a situation where they don't know where they can sleep at and you're young and you don't feel like you have shelter, because everyone knows what that is, we should have programs that set up to where that child now doesn't feel as though they're left behind or that they have to go to a job court type of institution where it's like, program oh like like job course like sort of like prison it's a system you know we need more home uh based programs um yeah uh, you may learn different than me so uh, people in different um living situations like how i was where i had nowhere to go if i would have had help i probably would have turned out a lot different however um i'm here today and and, and this is the most important thing yeah, and there's some kind of analogy where some people say, like, before we come, if you saw the movie Soul, did you see the f- amazing film yeah, Soul? Oh, yes. So it's like we choose to come to this life. So it's like all the things that are happen, we know it and we choose yes. the circumstances because it's our way to, like you say, break generational trauma and um, evolve and learn and be a leader and utilize tr- transmuting that now into your craft, into your art. And they say the greatest, the greatest comedians are the ones that are so funny. They're the ones that understand the depths of the soul and then been hurt so much that they just want other people to laugh because they know yes. how painful it is. Um, AKA, um, or not, not AKA, but I guess a reference that comes to mind is Robin Williams, God rest his soul. You know how you know, people know the pain. And so I'm sure you've gone through a lot of mental struggles um, with everything we're talking about. I'm a, ma- I'm a big, I'm a big advocate for mental health. I have my own stuff that I've worked through. Um, it's not about me right now, but, um, but I feel you and I, I understand. And um, so one of the things for you to do and loving Detroit are you going to curate and team up with people? Uh, what is one of your goals and visions to provide um, that 
um, stability and platform um, with your voice and your name through comedy, um, with your affluence as an entertainer for humanity? Are you going to do those kind of things um, maybe in Detroit for the for the people there? Yes. Um, well, for me, for me um, in Detroit, what I, what I have going on already, I brought up a comedian by the name of um, Wavy Crockett out of Detroit. So he's based in he's based in Detroit. And I've also I'm linked with um, like Daryl Earls, um, so many different comedians that's there, Mike Larry. And I'm forming uh, a brotherhood and a system of just like open dialogue on creative um, creativity. Also, I want to say is I'm also pushing. Um, I have my own foundation that I work with, um, Grill World, and where I just promote like um, going to counseling. Um, I, like I went to Landmark Forum, I believe counseling and finding some uh, way of, uh, you know, to go to someone that you can talk to and let this out. There's outlets for the frustrations or the things you don't get, and the things that you don't know and the whys. There are solutions for those things. And so um, just showing that the youth that look, man, your stories like mine, this is how you can format the story you do want. You know, and a lot of it is writing it down and writing down what you uh, want your life to be like and how you look for it to be. And then now you go ahead and you you make that into existence. You go ahead and be strong and stern. So um, I hope I'm answering your question. Like, I, oh, I, yeah. I, so much. I love this interview, by the way. So. Oh, you're so sweet. You're me too. I'm just like right in it. I'm think I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Um, so uh, you don't know what you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. <laughs> the white canvas landmark. <laughs> So, um, what? How far along did you get in Landmark? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I love the questions. Oh, all right. Well, I was like a potential poster boy for Landmark. Okay. <laughs> I came in there. Way. I was like, I was like, I was like the uh, NBA symbols. I mean, Landmark is Landmark is great. I mean, um, it's everything is what you take, man. Yeah. You know, like sometimes landmark definitely conditioned me to know that, that I can get outside of the, the things that were holding me back. And I did. Yes. 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 No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, claiming no organization, Yeah. but I will honestly say that they, that my experience uh, was nothing but um, fruitful. Uh, great. I'm grateful. And it was definitely one of the most dearest things ever happened to me in my life. I'll never forget Landmark Forum. I agree. That's a fact. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I only did the, the first program. I didn't go on. My partner, Nikki Scorpio, um, he like full on went like full all the way. Yeah. Like I was like, all right, buddy, that's good for you. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good right here. But um, yeah, that's cool. And then the next thing is I was wondering, um, oh, 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 so just kind of like a sidebar joke. So you're not an affiliate for them or anything like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just. We've been watching you. We've been watching you, Katie. We want you back, Katie. We need you. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, no. Anytime you're, any, you know, people are always scrutinized by what they stand for. And I mean, at least someone's trying to stand for getting people through their breakthroughs. Mm. I mean, who, I mean, look at us. We have America that says, on one hand, in God we trust, which we should. But then we won't even tell people that milk doesn't do the body good. Right. We will not. Yeah. We will not tell people. So I look at Landmark Forum. It's, you have to be courageous to stand up and say you want to help people. I'm telling you, man, because there's people that could help people, but they don't. So yeah. um, it was definitely a time that I needed. Because America and um, has been domesticated. We've been um, conditioned and domesticated 
to be small. No, 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 no. Oh, well, fine. Discipline is good to a certain extent. Exactly. But yeah, we we need, but we're primal beings, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So but to be able to break out of our own conditionings, to break out, to be a leader is a responsibility, right? right. It's, a, it's ability to respond. So the, the next thing I want to know about, um, speaking of the Detroit artists that you're bringing up and the community in Detroit, um, what about the comedy clubs there? Because I didn't grow up going to any comedy clubs in Detroit. I just knew one in like my local area, but you had to be 21. So I wasn't able to go. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay. I want a special, special shout out to uh, Kip Fowler. Um, he's a promoter in, um, in in Detroit where he has like a lot of the, the rooms, the smaller rooms throughout Detroit. And he's definitely promoting for a lot of artists to be able to have a voice in Detroit and to be able to, um, um, you know, work and kind of work material and get that, that hard room. But we could have a, I think that we could have a better comedy scene in Detroit. I'm not, I, in my, in my opinion, a more diverse scene because we have a lot of uh, comics, but then you have to look at like the market. What does our market allow us to have? So yeah. our market produces a lot of dope talents. I mean, a lot of dope talents, you know, Tim the Tool Man. I mean, I can go to a lot of people from Michigan that's like just very talented. I just think that I would love to have more of a community how maybe LA artists have in the respect for the different genre of comedians. So I haven't really witnessed that, but it feels good to like know that I come from John Witherspoon. I mean, so many comedians that's from Michigan. That's like super dope. That's pops off of um, Friday. I don't know if you were, if you're familiar with John Witherspoon. No, not John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Witherspoon. No, John Witherspoon. He's on. Um, he's he's he plays on Boondocks. He's the father's on Boondocks. All right, I'll have to see it. It's a good. Yeah, show. you have to check it out. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a, it's funny. Okay, okay, cool. Boondocks is pretty funny. Regina King is the producer. It's a pretty it's a pretty legendary show actually. Oh, cool! I like her. I was on a talk with her. Um, and it was right after the riots, and uh, SAG had a panel of uh, uh-huh. they, they call it like diversity or people of color or something like that. And Sterling Brown was on the panel. Oh wow, Sterling Brown was on the panel. That's yeah. so dope. And Regina King. Oh, wow. And I I was and then I was being I was like yo I was being an ally and i was like yo i'm like listen there's um 150 people in the uh, 150,000 people in the union i'm like only x amount of people were at you know this event i'm like people need to be showing up more and i was like calling out my union members i'm like you need to be showing up and like being at these meetings to educate yourself on like what we can do for actionable steps and stuff and then my mind was going all wild and i'm like oh i'm gonna produce i produce it but I'm going to hire an African-American or an African uh, writer, director, and all talent and, you know, just hold space to, you know, do that. So it was like something I was curating and putting it together so I could take actionable steps. Um, And then I started like taking actions to, you know, just being more mindful of how I could be an advocate and, and learn more um, like real quick, if you want to hear, not really quick, but a brushstroke, if you want to know, um, something I would like to share with you, I guess. Absolutely. Today, absolutely. Which I haven't shared ever on my podcast or anywhere, but I'll just share with you here that when the riots happened, I was so emotionally frustrated and I was going through, uh, through some other things as we all were during the pandemic, but I was so frustrated and and I was, and I was like, just going to take a nap to take a load off. And, and I went to go lie down and I was just, I just couldn't. 
and I was so restless. I just popped into my studio and I recorded a piece and I told my story and I told my story of turning a blind eye and how I was taught to turn a blind eye and how I didn't know certain things. And when I was little, I only watched the news like twice because I'm very sensitive and empathic. So I never watched the news because I knew at a young age, these people are being brainwashed. I would, I would see my mom and dad and they were just like being like, they were just in the news. And it was like all these fires and like deaths and like everyone being erected arrested and it was just like now that I know what I know because I'm like older but still useful but I'm know what's up it's like uh, those people were set up look what was happening now it's all being filmed as we all know like Will Smith said and you know God bless George Floyd and you know him and and Breonna Taylor um but prior to that when at a young now that I'm reflecting on it and I'm like oh my god when I was little although I didn't watch it like I heard, I heard about it, all the homes being burnt. Who was really burning those homes? Why would, um, cause then when I was a kid, I remember like, why would they, why would people want to burn, burn their own homes? Yeah. Their homes were probably being burnt down. They probably weren't burning exactly. their own freaking homes and all the murders and things they were saying they were killing, um, like people in Detroit were killing each other, but we're, you know, were the people in Detroit really killing each other? No, it was probably what we already know maybe the police doing things, stepping over boundaries because of, you know, those, all, all those circumstances. So anyway, I was taught like to t- turn a blind eye, to not say anything, to like, you know, not right, say Right, kind of like, don't worry about what, what doesn't have Happy nothing to do with you. Like a lot of people do that. Like just, you know, and, and, and let me say this, the, the thing that why I'm so, I'm so passionate about when I hear women speak about what, what uh, black people are going through um, it's because women, in a sense, is like the closest thing, like uh, any woman of color. It's so close to the experience. In my opinion, this is just one version of my opinion. I can relate because how many times as a woman, your voice doesn't, doesn't matter or how men can over-sexualize women or the rights that women have to go, like the right to vote. Just, I mean, the yeah. pay, just the this, the fact that, you know, a lot of women, um, just being a friend with a male, just the cautionary flag that you have to put up just because you're a woman. So, you know, for me, I'm very passionate about the George Floyd situation. I'm very passionate about us standing up for what's right. I mean, it's time, man. We should be so happy with where we're evolving as humans um, from just looking back then and to looking at where we are now um, to, to be optimistic, man, about having a better world where humanity matters, not color, not yeah. this and not that, not things that we should be able to instinctively just say, look, man, everyone should be treated with love. Everyone should get a fair education. You know, so these things are extremely important to me. And I love that we connect on that level. Like I hearing, hearing, because it's like your version is like, there's not a, we have this stereotype. Hey, I feel bad for you. I want to help. But yours is like, you have personal depth. Like you remember like wondering like what's going on. And um, I want you to know that like, I feel good now that tomorrow you can remember this conversation and say, wow, I'm a part of crews that, know that we can make better together that we can we can walk hand in hand and make better together and that's that's the goal and i believe that's i believe that that's going to happen man it's happening i'm i have chills running in my body's nonstop. so just so you know but yes, yes it's it's happening it's happening it's happening and you know to get more pl- prolific on it if you don't mind is um sure you know, like injustice and being raped for over 400 years. Like it is rape. 
You know what I mean? It is just like there's spiritual rape. There's, you know, rape. And it's like, it's, it's not okay to be stripped away and, and to be taken advantage of in that way, you know, and, Absolutely. and that's what's happened with the African culture. And yes, it happens with other cultures and unfortunately, but you know, so I just want to definitely acknowledge that. And like you said, we are holding hand, hand in hand, and we are breaking the generational trauma yes. and the yes. energetic grids and patterns that was injustice that don't serve us that were false that were like falsely accused and falsely portrayed and some and that's where some noise and some eruptions come because people aren't gonna yeah. like it but we're not responsible for what other people like we're only responsible for sharing the truth hey we, it looks like me you could be a pretty good politician uh team <laughs> i said yeah what she said <laughs> yeah What's That's up, right. Detroit? I'm doing for Katie, guys. Yes, we're doing something in Detroit. Yeah, we're like, you see, you got, I got my finger to point. We both got our pointing fingers. Yeah. Me and her, we both, we like to point at it. We can point. That's yeah. right, girl. Yeah, yeah. For all, the, you need to go, if you're listening, just go to the YouTube on the Sophisticated Psychos channel and just watch our pointing session back and forth yeah. over here. Yeah, but That's seriously, right. <laughs> it's up to us. We we can do you know, it. it what I wanted to do years ago, seriously, what I wanted to do years ago, which I haven't done yet, like I'm a DJ, I DJ, and like you do comedy. So oh, what, we can, what we can do is curate now and connect with the people that we know and set up certain events, outdoor events and things like that, you know, plant it and plant seeds just to manifest. Bring your homies, bring the artists. I'll bring some people. We can connect more and get a sponsor and have an event. And we can talk about things and have a conversation and bring people, you know, and, and, I, and- I love the sound of that. Yeah, let's do that. And then we can, what we can do is with the, like, you know, about promo and marketing, we can have the conversation about it online. So people are knowing about it. So when people come, they come with kindness and they come with compassion and they come yes. knowing it's like a kind of like a peace festival and it's a beautiful. That it's about growth, growth. Yeah. When, yeah. You, when you know something's about growth, it doesn't even mean that we're pointing at you or we're saying you're not doing nothing. We're just saying, hey, guys, that's all growth. I so love it. Yeah, so let me share something with you really quick, and then I want to get more into the comedy. Absolutely. So my friend Michelle, she's not from Michigan, but she's lived in Brighton for 15 years, and she is quote-unquote called like uh, one of those uh, brat kids who went all around um, brat, you know, army brats, like her family. So um, she is like amazing and she takes the local community stuff and she goes to DC and she oh, speaks wow. for the people and she runs actually uh, a small women owned business here that employs 15,000 women and yeah hello so she and I, we're, we're gonna you and I are gonna talk with her and curate something but she is like the generator to make it happen. So listen, she was on my podcast. You have to hear it. So um, she created, let me tell you, at the beginning of the pandemic, she was supposed to be going to Africa, but she just to speak to these women. She thought it was a couple uh -huh. hundred women in Africa. And her partner is Annie, who is uh, a part of the... Um, the president of the Af African um, Women's President Association in Africa. And then she's all, they they did the Zoom thing that's on my YouTube channel, The Sophisticated Psychos, with the former like CEO of the Mandela Foundation, um, uh -huh. gentleman. So long story short, she wasn't able to go to Africa to speak to these women because of the pandemic. So they did a Zoom. And then they did a Zoom. There was 1,800 women. African women in Africa who were wow. losing their businesses 
fashion businesses who were losing their businesses. So she went home. She was at home. She meditated. She meditated. And she said, if not me, who? If not now, when? So then she took action. She raised $1 million for these women in Africa, 1,800 women, and created the Mana Box Project. And yeah, that's who, that's who I stand for. That's, that's what I'm so about. Dope. Yeah, that's she's so going to love you. She's going to love you. Oh, that's we're so going to do what love, we're doing, and she's yeah. gonna, we're going to make this happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. cool. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm just a reflection of you, man. Uh, from, from when I met you, like, I think podcasts, sometimes you kind of know what you're going to get, you know? And with you, I just love your energy around, like, how we met, what you present, hearing your artistic vulnerability. I mean, you're, you're dope. Aww. You're not asleep. I'm not sleeping on you as an artist. So that's why I'm here. Like, when I heard you, you saw me try to defend. I'm like, hey, wait. No, she's dope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, she's dope. Uh, okay. Quick. Speaking of dope, is, is it? Um, I was gonna ask a question, but I kind of want to pivot. I'm feeling it. If it, it, now or after this question, it's up to you. Whatever. Can you like, um, for the listener and viewer, um, can you do like a couple of your bits for us? Like, sure, 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 absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Do you want to do that now or in a little bit? It's up to you. Um, um, I, I mean, I can do it now. It doesn't matter. Are you sure? Should we make? the audience waits just kidding <laughs> we, 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 i mean the audience um let's uh, let's make a wait just a little bit i ended off with that i and yeah. i and you guys off with some laughter it doesn't matter yeah so i like a good tease but um before before we um you know move along so you have um a club in clubhouse for anyone who isn't on clubhouse it's amazing and you have a club so um yes. how do people find you on the club and what is the club about so the club is called um the comedy court and how and how do we follow the club the comedy court and uh why should we and tell us more i mean obviously you're there that's your club well, well, okay. So my club, my club event uh, house is the A-List Club. Oh, the A-List Club. Yes, yes. The A-List Club. And my show that is on there, my improv show is uh, Comedy Courts. Is the so it's, who it's started so, the A-List Club? So I started the A-List Club December 9th. Oh, so, okay. So you started the A-List Club and then you have a show called the Comedy Courts. Yes. And then do you have other artists do shows in your A-List Club? Yes. Dope. You are such a leader, natural born leader. I love that. I have like 10,000 followers almost since December. Holy camoles. That is booming, people. That is so cool. I love that. Um, And it's every single Monday and it's at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so 6 p.m. Pacific. And if you're in Philippines or India, then uh, you have to look at your phone to decide (laughs) how to get there. I was going to say, she's a bad mother. (laughs) You're outside of America. You know what to do. Just get If you like would have just read off everyone's time zone, I would have been like overly impressed. <laughs> oh, I'm not that smart. You would have um, got texts from people like, hey, what time is it over? And I'm like, oh, Siri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you haven't done any performances in the stand-up clubs in Detroit because you you started researching and and you started doing stand-up in New York? Yes. It was, it's the, I heard that it was the toughest place to do it. So I said, like, I might as well either start my career somewhere tough or, and I didn't realize how hard it was, but I, I came out uh, pretty natural. You're like me. You like a challenge. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is at the end yeah. of the day. If you're going to do it, do it right. Exactly. It has to be the best. Yes, yes. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Give it all you got. And then, and then regroup with what, what you have. 
Okay, so how how does a, um, a comic get booked on comedy? Um, well, the best thing I can tell a guy is get a solid five minutes, five to six minutes, okay? Once you get your five, solid five to six minutes, then get someone to record your solid five to six minutes where you're showing what you do. And then, then Google the comedy clubs that are like just surrounding areas and ask them, hey, can I get your booking information? I'm a person that would like to submit a video to you. Um, like any other job opportunity you want, put yourself out there, send your content. Because in a lot of sense, if you don't ask, you know, you know open mouth doesn't get, uh, closed mouth doesn't get fed. Um, and so in a sense, like you want to put yourself out there to let them know, like, hey, I'm available. Everyone's not going to bite to that. But some people may see your potential and say, oh, man, yeah, I have a show. Or, yeah, man, I would love to have you a part of this. So. Um, um, that's one way for a person to start. I started with my own movement, Manhattan Raw and Brooklyn Raw, New York. So I got here. I was like, these guys is making $150. I can make $150 promote me. You know what I mean? And then from that, it became a thing of like, now I have 40 people ready to come see me. So what do I do? Then it's like 50 people. Then I have 60. And I'm like, oh, snap. I have something going on here. And so that's how it grew for me. So like um, some comics I've seen when I go to comedy clubs, they'll be also comics, but they're doing the promoting part. So and those are the ones who are getting one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, between the comedy, I mean, one hundred and fifty, uh, three hundred dollars. I mean, no one's not performing. You're not p- performing for the money until yeah. you until I mean, you're trying to get the mics. The mics are more important than the money. Yeah. The more so, mics. Go ahead. Oh, so you're seeing because you see what days are the busiest, who's coming in and out. You're meeting other comedians who are already there. So it's an opportunity to network with them as well. Absolutely. But you didn't want to do that. You're like, I'm not doing that middleman stuff. I'm just going straight to the top. Right. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yes. That, that's that was- exactly how I just saw it for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then so um, when was your first performance and where was it? My first performance was at, um, was in 2018 at the Red Rooster. Oh my God. I love the Red Rooster. I've been there only twice, but holy awesome. Yeah. Talent the Comedian. Who? It was Talent the Comedian Hamburger. They were on like Def Jam Comedy and they were hosting a show. And uh, I had a red blazer on. And when I sat right in the front and they start making jokes on my blazer. Mm. And then they said, What do you do? Who are you? And I said, I'm the funniest guy in here. And then he was like, oh, you think you're funny? Get the mic. And they gave me the mic. And I went in my set. And they were like, okay. And then people was laughing and they was clapping. And then that's when my career started off. Boom. So the universe just, it, that you were in flow. Like, you, <clears throat> you, it was in flow for you. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Wow. At their legendary Red Rooster. Oh, my God. Okay. So so when, when things lift a bit more, um, we definitely need to have some food there. Oh, yes, let's do it. And let's so, it. so that was downstairs that you performed? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've seen, I've heard like jazz music, but I haven't seen any stand-up comedy there. Yeah, so. downstairs. Well, that's so cool. How many nights a week do they have stand-up comedy there? Well, well I know they were doing it every, but... Talent, Talent, um, he's, he, he kind of started out with like Chris Rock and all those guys, Chris Tucker. And so Talent was, uh, was, he had his own night there weekly. So right now, I don't know what they're going to do because, you know, the pandemic, uh, whatnot. So he already he had an act and he was like allowed acts to come. So he already had a lineup and then here I come and I'm like, I'm the funniest guy in here. And then it's just, oh, then people are like, give him the mic and y'all picked on him, give him the mic. And they gave me the mic. And- wow. Yeah, I know. That's I pinched so, myself. That's if you ask me what I said, I couldn't remember. <laughs> so, so in the front, when you walk in, 
there's that uh, area where there's a DJ. So I talked to the person there and I was talking to them about I was going to DJ there and then the pandemic happened, but I wanted to DJ there. Isn't that so yeah. cool? I like really connected with the whatever the GM. I don't remember his name. I had his card, but life took its course. But DJ uh, Ma- Masai. That's him. That's the, Yeah, that's, that's the my guy. guy. That's yeah, the, Masai. I think, I think that's his. I think that was his name. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's so cool. Cool. Okay, and then also there was this really cool guy there. You're probably gonna know his name. Um, but they had like all because I'm a painter too, and they had all these aprons. And the, our our server was yes. he's the guy. He makes did, He made the whole collection for everyone in the restaurant, and he was he got a deal, and he was doing very well. And what a great market! Because I mean, it was they were so cool. So I, I I had his card. We were gonna do stuff together too, and then. You know what happened? Now you so, have me though, so I'm like a missing connection. Now you have your Detroit because like I love them there. Yeah. The Red Rooster. Shout out to Red Rooster on 125th, guys. If you here, make sure you, if you're like checking this out, that's definitely a spot that you want to get something to eat. Tell them comment Corey B told you to come there. Yeah. They're not gonna do nothing but send you some alkaline water. That's it. They're not gonna give you no discount, but they might send you some alkaline water on me. Yeah, cool. No, we're gonna send them this, and so we'll give them like a little bit, and then they can repost it on their social media to support you what yes cool so uh what are like some uh tips for upcoming uh, comics um stuff that things we haven't covered what's what are some tips for them well well i have a thing called building your bit um building the healthiest way to build your bit and your personality is um and and i'll say again building your bits it's it's identifying is it true so the the best comics tell the truth they tell the truth as they as they see it Richard Pryor, he was giving examples. He never, Richard Pryor never, he he never cussed. All of his characters cursed, but Richard Pryor never cursed. Mm. So identifying with your story, who you want to be. So for me, I can go so many ranges because funny things happen when I was incarcerated or funny things happen when I, I lost my virginity at 24. Like mm-hmm. funny things happen at, you know, moments. So being able to identify the funny moment and then being able to understand where to add the joke. So um, I mean, and today I'll tell a joke that um, probably I'll, I'll give an example with my joke after it's over or whatever. I'll give you guys a joke. So. It's never ending. I don't know what you're talking right. about when it's over. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, this is the all night forever, guys. We are here. This is it. <laughs> this is the new clubhouse. The, yeah. Detroit versus everybody podcast. We are right. doing it. I need to get some of those. I need some of that gear. Maybe we should reach out to them to be our sponsors. I, I know. I know them over there. Yeah, let's reach out. They need to be okay. like the sponsor. Well, let's have that happen. Um, so, um, yeah, do you have any, like, favorite poets or uh, do you do spoken word poetry, poetry? Like, what's what's the vibe in that area? Um, I can appreciate quotes from, like, uh, uh, Tavis Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoy him. I'm not really, like, a big poetry person. I kind of write my – I have my own sayings that I write. I'm more, mm-hmm. like, building my own quotes so i have quotes like life can be exciting but don't live life to where excitement runs your life mm-hmm. i write things like that um mm-hmm. power strengthening um uh, quotes and stuff so um i'm definitely i'm a reader though like the last book i read um uh, was uh race after technology wow Who's- by ruha by ruha uh benjamin okay. and it broke down um life after technology and what that looks like in the new jim crow code like so i'm always reading things that can uh enhance my today Yes, I love that. I love that. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Because you you so much look like a poet, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not, I got an Emmy now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're so much like an artist, obviously. Yeah, but, oh, for sure. 
So some people, some people say that I'm the sexiest comedian in the world. I'm not going to, I mean, right now I'm having like one of those hair days, but this is the potential of the look. It's going to like be one of those looks. That's like, no, you are too fly. Like you were like, really like it, it's, you're, you're, you're too hot for this, this screen. I'm so let, let me tell you how tough I am though. Let me tell you how tough I am. Uh-huh. I'm so tough that if we were in the jungle in the safari and I was there and whatnot with you, that if a lion came out of nowhere, I'm so tough that I'm willing to scream so loud. Help! <laughs> it's going to be the loudest help. Help! It's going it's to, it's going to, it's going to like, it's going to linger. <laughs> Nothing that that lion would be like, we're going to give them a, a break. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Very yes. cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, we know we're safe and secure when we're in the jungle with Corey B. <laughs> Cool, cool. And then, um, so what's next for you? Like, uh, I know you're performing at the Broadway Comedy Club coming up. And then, so are you just going to um, perform more around New York? Um, are you going to make appointments to uh, perform in L.A.? Uh, do you want to shift into comedy? Or do you want to be on screen for TV? Are you going to do musical theater comedy? Like, what, what's what's on the horizon for Corey B.? Uh, well, well, I decided to retire today. Uh, no, I'm yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I mean, uh, as of right now, I have a couple of uh, leads on things. I mean, uh, Hollywood is kind of opening back up April 1st. So I'm optimistic that I'll be on uh, Netflix, Hulu. I have a lot of opportunities. Uh, my show is being picked up right now. So I'm in treatment level with Comedy Corps. Uh, shout out to Shana Farrell, Jay Farrell's sister. She's executive producer of the show. And so we have like some cool things going on as far as like, my personal projects. And now... For stand-up comedy, I am a New York comic. New York is home. I, I love Detroit. I am a Detroiter. Okay, I where I have my I keep my Detroit hat near, but comedy for me is about building my brand here and showing uh, and being a bridge for Detroit artists that want to come to New York and come to Manhattan and Harlem and and um, all of the beautiful barrels around here to uh, work. They, you know, so um, New York is home. Uh, Broadway Comedy Club, Manhattan Raw. My talk show will be up and running. Um, so, um, with once the pandemic and I figure out like how many people we can have in a crowd and all of that. So uh, hopefully that'll be going on um, soon. And um, really just trying to uh, figure out what me and Tehran, like Tehran is like definitely one of the homies in comedy. Okay, so I met him on Clubhouse. And yeah, yeah so like, cool. I'm a fan. Awesome. Because like, like I like a few weeks ago, he posted a comment and he's like uh, clubhouse gang, fire, fire, fire. And so I then I went to his and I wasn't even like in a comedy room. It was like a different room. But then I went and I saw who he was and I followed him. Like I didn't like see who he was because I don't know who he is. Like I've never met him in person, but I just love how he like commented clubhouse gang. And then I just kind of saw he was a yeah. comic. So I followed him. But um, that's that's uh, it sounds like he's going to be my new friend as well. But uh, <laughs> um, cool. So um, you're doing projects with him, too. Yes, yes, yes. Just working on uh, me and him. I have some cool things that we're doing once the pandemic is over. So okay. kind of like Brian uh, Detroit and myself. And, is he from Detroit, too? No, he's not. Just, he loves the fact that I want to do things to be an influence for the city of Detroit. Well, cool. He can. He's invited to Detroit with us when we do our. Event. Yeah. Yeah. He can, he can perform, too. We can see, yeah, then he could tell us the secret behind, he could tell you the secret behind his robes and why he wears robes. Like, he's the coolest, like, ever. Okay. With his robe. He he, he wears these robes around the L.A. Like, nice, nice robes. Like, that's just part of his style. That's his vibe. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, well, with what you just said, I have to tell you. Do you know Vipassana? Yes. 
So I did a, a 10 day Vipassana in Northern California a few years ago, and it was over the holidays. And for 10 days, you, for the viewer and listener who, who do not know Vipassana, I literally, you can't, you don't look at people in their eyes for 10 days. You're silent for 10 days while you're meditating. And so you're wearing PJs. You don't wear anything flashy. You don't wear jewelry because you don't want to distract. And it's a part of just like getting still and quiet and going within. So I had this boss robe that was this like red, like like Christmas red robe. And I wore it for 10 days in a row. And there were 120 people, 60 guys, 60 girls, and guys are over here and girls are over here. And I'm the girl that walked around with the red robe for 10 days. It was like a whole thing. Like everyone was talking that's about fun. it when, when you could talk. Yeah. So that's my robe experience. But um, that's hilarious. That's, a, that's funny. Hilarious. I'll have, when I stalk his Instagram more, I'll have to see some photos of him in the red robe. I, I guess I didn't look too much at his Instagram to see any robes because I didn't see any, but are they on there? Oh, no, the robes are on there. Oh, okay. I, okay, cool. Oh, okay. Now I'll know the story be some of the story. Cool. Yes. Very cool. And then when you mentioned earlier, um, so the, the Netflix deal that you're working on, your personal show. Well, well, let me, I'll be, it's not a Netflix deal. It, I want to be very specific. I'm working my project comedy courts. It's a comedy period where the prosecutor the judge, sometimes I have a celebrity judge that comes in. So I've had Rodney Perry on my show. Um, Ali Sadiq, Gary Owens has come um, by through to my show. Um, Monique, uh, Corey Bell, Clayton English from 85 South. I've had um, Joy Medina, Adele Givens, um, the beautiful Miss Tina Graham, um, who started uh, Def Jam Comedy, who started that whole thing. Um, and and, and um, bringing so many talented artists to the world and showing us who they were. She's a part of, um, comes to my shows or whatnot. And then what I created, this is it's an improv show. It's a courtroom parody where, um, the jurors, prosecutors, I said, the judge and the, and the defense attorney are all um, comedians. And someone comes with a, a petty story. So it could be, oh, Corey, my mom, my mom needs to step up and cook Thanksgiving dinner because my grandmother's undercooking all the food. Now they can come up and pick an attorney to defend them. And we'll decide, no, you need to step up and cook because your mom don't want to cook and she's tired. She needs to cook for you and you're a dog complaining. So it's kind of like a way to pick up fans and show people how we turn um, pain into uh, laughter. And so that's the whole theory behind my show. So um, just, you know, preparing the visual deck for that and just being able to uh, be in a position where I'm, I'm creating ideas, but people see that this idea could grow. So yeah, that's cool. the, that's the objective, but I want to, I'm going to make sure that um, I, maybe I, I over talk myself. I don't have nothing specifically with these people, but I have things that's like some opportunity inside opportunity shows that's already on Netflix that um, yeah. I'm auditioning for to, to wait. Cause I want to wait to see when like I a get a one it. hour special kind of thing. No, well, more so like there's a show that has five seasons on it. I have a, uh, they, I have an audition. So they've been creating a role. So I have another show. Are you I represented for acting? Huh? So are you represented for acting? As no. You're not represented for acting. But but to go out for TV I've, shows. I went to HB know. Studios for acting. I've oh, been to acting. Yeah. I have an acting coach. Shout out to Crystal. Uh, Crystal. she has a lot of a lot of people on um, TV and stuff. So like I have I'm I'm coach. affiliated. Coach. Okay, uh-huh. I'm with, I studied with Susan Batson. Um do you know okay. Susan Batson? No, I'm not familiar. 
Yeah, I guess she was with HB Studios and they broke off years ago, but um, she has Susan Batson, B-A-T-S-O-N. She has a, an amazing book. It's a blue cover. It's called Truth. I definitely highly suggest for you to okay. read the book called Truth. She's Nicole Kidman's personal acting coach for over over 20 years now. Um, she's Oprah Winfrey's coach, uh, Liv Tyler, Okay. A, a, a bunch of a bunch of people, but I studied with her for a year, um, nonstop. Um, when you know, when in 2012, I studied with her. Okay. But uh, Susan Batson's amazing um, for studying. Cool, cool. Yeah, it sounds like you need some kind of uh, agent to be um, re- representing you as a comic, so you can ha- be on the more t- on the TV shows as a stand-up comic. I mean, it's only been a, the the thing is let's not count 2020. No one worked. So I started in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I did all 2019. I did my first comedy special, Boot Up, Relationships Ain't. I don't want to blur, uh, wow. but, you know, um, huh. and I did that. And and then you have 2019. I'm discovering myself more and more. And then you have 20 that no one really lived through because of things. So um, I believe that I would have like probably like I've turned down 90 Day Fiance. Not uh, what was it? It's the spinoff from 90 Day Fiance, like Love Island. It's a lot of shows that wanted me to be on it. Like um, I turned down. Um, I could talk about the shows I turned down. Um, I've turned down. Um, what is it? Uh, Soulful Christmas uh, for to to be. Uh, uh, Don Cornelius for Soul Train because I wasn't prepared with my acting. I wanted to be like very in with theater. I wanted to, that was off Broadway. I wanted to be prepared. So now that I'm prepared, like I have kind of all of the right people in my life right now. Um, TJ Stein has reached out for management. Um, and he, he managed some of the, some of the top celebrities in the world. It's just not to panic right now because like I just had a year to sit off and not do anything. So yeah. for me to be on the last OG, to have work, you know, background, to, to, to have some um, grace. I mean, I sat down and talked to Angela Bassett for three hours. Mm. My uncle's the most recorded jazz, mis- jazz musician in history. So, like, I have a, a palette to reference towards. Mm. It's just about just engulfing now. So, I don't need an agent right now. I don't need a manager right now. Mm-hmm. I just need to keep working on Corey B. And all of the elements are, yeah. are, are going to come. In sure. flow, they'll come together. This yeah, is yeah. great for the listener and the viewer to not rush things and have this illusion, the idea that you need certain things, like just trust the process and enjoy the process. A lot of people want to get to the end goal, the, defi- the, the destination of the end goal, when the end goal isn't probably going to be what you envisioned it to be anyway, because life takes its course as it does. But just to really enjoy the process of writing Absolutely. and researching and being connected with people on an authentic level and being true to yourself. Mm. So it sounds like you have a really great head on your shoulders and a, a beautiful blossoming career going on. Thank you. So. And, and, and one last thing I want to say, a saying that a lot of people say, Hollywood's going to call you. They'll call you. Yeah. They will call you. You don't have to worry about it. Just keep doing you. Love that. They will call you. They'll call you and say, hey, we love what you're doing. We see you. They see you. You know, um, it's just a matter of like time and, and your time and you being authentic. So continue to be authentic and it'll happen. A lot of people go to Hollywood, go to L.A. and and, and they didn't know that they should have just kept stay with their, where they were at and to be familiarized with L.A. but stay with where they're at. And now you're there and then your brand tarnishes because like you're in Hollywood. It's people that can change a life like this and not. And it's just a tax write off of them. Person can give you five million dollars. That five million dollars is ten million dollars, and you can make your film. So it's not like you're. It's when people have scenarios where, oh, I'm about to have a project. I'm about to, and I'm about. I have this pop. 
No. It, it's people that like really was like, here we go, it's done. Well, now I have this project going on. I have it. So understanding the momentum of artistic, uh, of your artistic journey. So I understand my artistic journey is going to have, but so much in it. The fact that I'm an artist, I'm healthy. We've lost so many people during COVID. Rest in peace to everyone that's lost so many people. Um, and, and we've had so many great moments in COVID. So um, just pre this being over, I'm excited to have met people like you. We have a healthy algorithm we can socialize on. Um, and, and, and I think those are the biggest things that are artists that needs these things that we know we need, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to focus on. And, and it'll make you appreciate reaching and teaching one at a time, one at a time, yep. one person at a time and you'll get whoever you want. It really is. It's one person at a time. It starts with us. We're a part of the ripple effect. Right, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, one shout out to the pit um, because I only did a, a six week class in New York before the pandemic happened. And, uh, and that was my first time ever really uh, doing the comedy. Um, and I did it in New York. And then they had me after my, my, my graduation, after six weeks, I had um, a five minute thing at the pit. And so people on here who are in New York or just want to do a six week course for basic one on one comedy, I'm not an affiliate with the pit, but I, I think the pit's a really great landing space for people because I was, you know, by Coastal LA in New York and I know all the joints in LA. So I was like, wow. I was like, okay, so what are the top five in LA? I looked and I'm like, what are the top five in New York? And then I looked and the pit came up. Yes. And it was my, it was a couple months before my birthday. I'm like, oh, this isn't just going to be a birthday gift to myself. So I did that. And that's kind of like my background. But before earlier, it was um, really difficult for me to get involved into comedy because I was so emotionally attached to all of my stuff that I wasn't able to be vulnerable. I didn't have the courage and I was having this public persona. So I wasn't able to dismantle um, the projection of people pleasing and what other people would think about me being judged and judging myself. So I actually tried comedy with Joey Paul Jensen, who's amazing Mm. casting director and Billy Ryback, who's a, a great comedy writer. If you know him, Billy Ryback, he would write for the golden globes and, Tim Allen, who's from Michigan, where we're from, and um, a bunch of other people. And anyhow, they tried to like get me involved in the whole comedy thing. But I was so emotionally attached to myself self that I wasn't able to get involved. And then after I traveled the world and did a bunch of things in the world, like she's all over the place, the podcast, <laughs> um, I was dismantling those things because you said you have to speak from the truth and the experiences of what you've been through. You also have to be ready to be able to be open and vulnerable. And not only that, the comedians are very, very intelligent. So you, <laughs> you need to be highly intelligent to be a comedian because the great ones are just like you. The great ones are very smart, very smart. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. And then I guess lastly, I want to close out with saying that I am going to do my hardest not to laugh because with the technology, I don't want you to miss a word or something. So uh, when you do some bits, I'm going to be over <laughs> here like going like this, but but not laughing out loud, just so the listener can fully enjoy without my big mouth getting in the way. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Cool. So would you like to close us out with some comedy? That would be such a treat. Sure, 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 sure. I'll give you guys something. Okay, well, first of all, let me say I'm Comic Corey B. C-O-R-E-Y-B-E. 
It's a constant reminder. The reason why my name is Corey Beats to remind kids to being the best version of themselves. Okay, sometimes you gotta you gotta give yourself that push in life. So that's why I added B E to my name, guys. And it's a reminder that Corey gonna be late. I'm gonna be late. I'm late all the time. I knew what this podcast is called, so I was just trying to get myself together. I was ready. I was gonna tell her like I'm all over the place, and this is the name of this. So that's why I thought I was on her. Now let me say this, guys. I do have a little plea. I have a plea for being Kind of broke. I've been kind of broke lately. You know it's tight when the only time you get to use lotion is when you're giving somebody a massage. <laughs> That's how tight it is for me. I have to go over to somebody's house and say, oh, can I use some of your lotion? I'm over at my neighbor's house looking at my hands. They real ass because it's tight. No comedians are making money. Look, I went on a date the other day, y'all. Now, my thing is this. Some people, some people say that black people, we think we the coolest. Some people say this white folks is uptight. I won't say neither, okay? But what I will say is this. The Chinese people need to learn some sensitivity. I'm on this date. This lady didn't hand me my car back. Talking about prepaid card decline. Why she have to tell this lady my money situation? <laughs> she didn't front of me off and let the lady know I got a prepaid card. She looked at me and said, I thought you was an anesthesiologist. We know we all don't tell the truth on Tinder. I'm like, no, I'm close to my cousin, anesthesia. You know, all the correct be messing up. <laughs> I'm Corey B, y'all. Thank y'all so much, man. Thank y'all for, like, just listening to some of my style or whatnot, guys. And by the way, what did I say to the lady that for those that want to know? I told her and I said, look, my car didn't decline. It's trying to decide if it's trying to pay for this date or not, okay? So that's what happened, y'all. That's my story. I had to tell it my way. I'm Corey B. Thank you so much. Cool. I just want to hit a little something. I just, you know, because I'm like a long storyteller. Me too, obviously. That's I'm like long, like, playing long storyteller, but that's just like a little. That's like one of my tag jokes. I got a, a good stock joke for you. Please. All right, here's a good one. Here's a good one. It was a family, okay? It was a family and they wanted to have a child. And they were they were like, baby, you know what? The wife said to the husband, she said, baby, let's go to a fertility blank and let's go ahead and see if we can go there and maybe we can do it that way. And so the husband said, you know what, honey, I'll do it. The doctor warned them both. This baby could have some malfunctions. Something can happen. And the child comes out just ahead. It was just ahead, nothing else. And the family loved this baby just ahead. Loved the baby, just no neck, no nothing. And and the, loved the baby all the way till he was 20 years old. And the father said, son, tomorrow you're going to be 21. I'm going to take you to get your first drink. He took him to get his first drink. The most magnificent, craziest thing happened. The boy has a shot. The father pours a shot in his mouth. The boy grows a neck, uh, arm, and shoulders, and everything. He gives him another shot. He grows his torso, his knees, his legs. He gives him another shot. The boy stands up and he dies. The bartender said he should have just stopped when he was just ahead. <laughs> you came Dad up joke. with that? Huh? You came up with that? This is a stock joke. Oh, it's a stock, right, some, a stock joke? Yeah, That's so yeah, cool. Stock. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. It's a stock joke. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I like long, I like long-form storytelling. Um. Um, thank you. And uh, I feel like Kevin, when I was watching all these comedians, because I got a list when I was in the class of all these people to watch, I just went on a binge and I was just watching to see, you know, who's who. And um, when I was watching Kevin Hart, it took a while for me to understand his comedy because he, he's just really all over this place and he does a long form, but it all weaves in. But he's he's kind of hard to keep up with energetically. But yes, you have to you have to like listen to him for a while to kind of get his flow. Do yeah, you, he has a way. Do you, have a, he has a, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a way. It's a way of like, um, uh, for example, let's say if our right, here we go. I'm about to create a story right now. This is a creation. So I'm thinking about spelling, how people sometimes struggle spelling. Okay. 
Are you a Christian? Me? Yeah. Would you I'm, consider I'm, yourself? I'm Greek Orthodox Christian. Can you spell Deuteronomy for me? Spell what? Deuteronomy. Do. Deuteronomy. The books of Deuteronomy is not in the uh, Bible or can you spell uh, first no. and second? Can you spell Corinthians? No. I mean, yes. All right. My point. All right. No, so, so this is about to get into my joke. I'm not saying you can't, but no, no, these aren't okay. words that you spell on an everyday basis. Okay. So I'm yeah. about to get into my joke. Think I can't spell. So my my area, if I was going to write a joke, because the whole time during the pandemic, I've been writing themes. Okay. Right. Did I you saw hear that, people? During busy. the pandemic, he's been writing and writing his work, not doing nothing. Themes. Themes. themes, though. Themes. themes. themes to keep me busy because it's like not fun if I'm not performing it. But I could say I could write down irritating things about cooking. OK. And then or I can might do a theme that says what I hate about shopping. So I can like I hate a lot of things about shopping, shopping with my grandmother at a time, maybe shopping at the grocery store with a woman. Let's say if I want to write jokes, like I write themes that I can tag a lot of stuff to. So right now I'm spelling. OK, so I could start off with the joke and say, I'm on a date, y'all, and um, I'm on a date, everybody. And I know I messed up when I got a text and I answered the text back. First of all, you shouldn't be texting at the phone anyway if you're on a date. I should have my phone down. OK, and 100%. fellas, I'm not talking about I'm not and fellas. I'm not talking about face down. I'm talking about having it down up. That tells you, ladies, I don't cheat. OK, now let me say this, but I'm not doing that. I'm on the phone. So I'm on the phone texting. And I see my date, she's paying attention. And then out of nowhere, guys, as I'm texting, I stop and I say, definitely. Like, no, my point is this. The fact that she wanted to stop the date because she saw that I can spell definitely and I needed to use audio speaker to spell that. That's all. Who's she judging? You know, like, ma'am, can you spell definitely? And then I can hand a mic to somebody in there, could throw them off and in, in the crowd. And then I can pull the mic back, people live. I'm like, no, seriously, like you have different type of people. If language that was that important to her, she could have sent me a voice message that says, um, if we were out on our first date and there was an emergency, what would you do, Corey B? And I would have said to her, call an ambulance. And right then and there, with me saying ambulance and our ambulance, she would have known that I might struggle with reading or struggle with using audio. Like, this is improv right now. So yeah. taking it and letting it go organically, like, and just letting it grow. Oh, that's your vibes. That's your vibes. That's my vibes. Not when I'm performing, but this oh. is, I don't know why it's calling. I put it on. I'm so sorry. What? I, no, I got a phone call while okay. I was on the phone with you. It, you're popular, um, obviously, duh. Corey I don't know is how so I'm popular. I don't know how we're on, on the phone this, on the, on the, yeah, I, I, so long. I mean, but, you've gotten like 17 calls since we, we've been talking. I don't know how, and I actually did put it on airplane. I don't know. Airplane? I, the mode. Not airplane, I mean um uh the moon mode. The moon mode. I did press the moon. Yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs, you're closer to the moon right now than us. What is going on? <laughs> that was some improv. <laughs> hey, we got one. It's the sign that I line. Wanna sign the dotted line? <laughs> yeah, see, your good energy. That energy gave me the permission to be able to do that. So people, ah. listen, you need to be around people, you need to find people. <laughs> It's an energy, it's a flow, because the, what I just came up with, I've never said in my life, and I don't know if you think it's genius, but I do. No, it was. Okay, yeah, because I mean, I just played off of what you gave me. And so to be around people who have that vibe is like what we're here sharing and telling you while we're having this moment, because life is this. We're here for one long moment. What yeah, are we look, doing? And it's so real for comedians. Look, hey guys, I'm working. I'm working. There we go. I'm sorry. My daughter, my daughter, I have a seven-year-old. Oh, 
Oh, congratulations. What's her oh, name? Oh, Kaylee. Kaylee, that's so cute. Listen, I think she could possibly be funnier than me. Uh -huh. She's seven. Is she she's around? Does she want to come on and do no, a bit? No, she's not. No, she's not here with me right now, but she's okay. seven. And she's like changes between what she wants to be in life. She's like, dad, I want to dig up, um, want to dig up dinosaur bones. Naturally, what did I say as a dad? I'm like, oh, you want to be an archaeologist? She's like, dad, no, like you can't teach me. I want to be a paleontologist. I'm like, right. She's one of those. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then she that. asked me after that, what school did you go to? That's what she asked me after that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm like, I, I was looking at her like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, so earlier when you said dad joke, now I get it because you're an actual dad which is makes you so much more likable for the whole world because the perspective of where you sit, your seat in the world, you're able to reach more audiences with your jokes and, and compassion for being a dad, being a family member, being an advocate for family and humanity, but also for the children. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel for all the dads who let the girls, like, I feel like her mother must whisper in her ear, like, how to, like, kind of work me in a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think her mother told my daughter, like, this is how you get your dad's heart. You want to get close to his heart? This is how to talk to him because she does pretty good. I have a great daughter. She's very smart. She gets everything right. She was through another month in December and when school opened back up. I'm like, do y'all have any other smart kids in this school? So, like, she's always accomplishing a lot of stuff. She's asked me so many questions. She is like, she's like, she wants to be funny like me and she wants to be tall like me. I'm 6'4", so my daughter wants to be a, a big person. Okay, 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 okay. So, this, this is what I want to share. And, okay, no pun intended. I said it before, but this is a bit premature. Ha ha ha. No pun intended because she's seven. But I've never, ever invited a seven-year-old on my show. But if you ever want your daughter on my show, we need to get a permission slip from the mother. Yes. But anytime she is ready, whenever she's ready, and we want to bring Kaylee on. She's funny. She's invited. What It can be whatever she wants no, to talk about. Fun. Then bring it. it. Then let's have her on the show. It'd be really cool. I would love that. Let's honor her. And one day, whenever she's ready and you're ready, let's have her on the show. That'd be super what, cool. what I'll do is I will ask Kaylee to describe how it is when I'm cooking. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard a child do. She described me going to the... She said, Dad, you make the food... Uh, make it seem like you're going to cook something that's special. But, Dad, is this a burger? Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got the chef, the suit, the everything. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be cool, too. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I know yeah. I'm not a soccer mom, but yeah. everyone doesn't have a dad that's cool like me. Like, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but you definitely do not look like a soccer mom. <laughs> see, I already see your team, Kaylee. This is, you see, I think, I've been giving you 45 minutes of my life, five minutes of my daughter, and you choose her. Women, you guys are, you guys stick together. And I'm going to tell you this. Well, it's important, it's important to make a choice, right? I learned, listen, yes, it is. When you're dealing with a woman, know that she's right, for one, okay? Listen, fellas, my trainer's a woman. And one time she had, it's so crazy when she had Beyonce come on. I'm like, can we turn that off? She's like, what did you say? Mm. I'm like, can we turn that song off? And I didn't realize it was Beyonce. I had worked out. I totally understand it. My glutes were so tight. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Who run the world's girls. So I just want to make sure everybody know. I know who run the world. That's it. Because you see how she's going slow? She's going deep in it like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. You smooth mm -hmm. that over. All right. Look, she got that finger. I got you. <laughs>
Well, since you mentioned that, I do have a short story and then and then we'll wrap it up. Cause I know oh, absolutely. Because I'm sure you have other things to be doing, like spending time with your awesome seven-year-old daughter. Um, so the vibe is this. In 2007, I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I did a film with Jessica Simpson, and I played her best friend. I was her makeup artist. It's called Major Movie Star. It was major, and it was, like, huge in Germany. Anyway, um, so we had these, like, amazing dinners, right, like, uh-huh. after the movie. And Joe Simpson, her dad, because he was, like, manager or whatever, um, growing up in their careers, but he was there. And I don't know the whole sh- deal about whatever, but he's sitting at the head of the table, and then it's, you know, the producer and then it's me and then the director, Steve Miners, across from us. And I remember Joe Simpson when in 2007, he said, he said as clear as day. It was so good. There was like this long table. It was like long table and know, like 15 people, 20 people. And here's Joe Simpson and I'm right here. Right. And he just says this in the conversation. He says. He's married, I guess. I don't know. But he says, the woman's always right. And when he said that, it doesn't matter what it is. Just if you just know any better, it doesn't matter who's wrong or right. This The woman's always right. So absolutely. When, he, when he said that, it was just really impactful. And it was it just really struck a chord. And I just kind of always remember that. Like, you know, the woman's always right. I like yeah, that. It's like, yeah, no, you know it's like, it's no pressure. You know what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Cool, cool. Okay, well, it's a, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you Thank for having you me. So much, seriously, you're amazing, and uh, we'll see you and we'll, we'll hear you in Clubhouse really soon. Yes, yes, and um, yeah. So I'm really excited. To I really you. enjoyed this. Um, yeah. May I say one last thing? Oh, you can say anything. Um, I just want to say, guys, to all of her listeners, uh, one of the most passionate people I've met in a long time, Katie. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your process. I'm definitely going to let people know that like you are official, everything about you, even your patience to have patience. I mean, guys, you may not know this or even know it, but I have some technical technical difficulties, excuse me. And for her to just come in and just help and warm me through it. And you took some, you took some breaths with me. Remember, it was like, come on, Corey, breathe, Corey. It was like I was having a baby. Mm-hmm. Let's take the deepest breath we've taken all day like, in the nose. <laughs> She's like, let it out. Wipe your tears, Corey. It's okay. Let's reset. Then, Let's reset the neurotransmitters. Yeah. We have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 90% of <laughs> our thoughts are the same thoughts. What thoughts are we having? We fire, we wire, we fire, we wire, we there unwire. We unwire, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza. So just to start on a clean slate for the listener, for the viewer, we wanted to really like set the tone, leave everything there and just realign and center and breathe together and be everything. here fully for you. So that's why we're here. We're here fully for you. It was, that, it was, it was, I was so relaxed when you told me to breathe and you would not have known because I let out gas. It was a silent killer though. It was, that's why I kept making a face. I wasn't about to cry. I just, when you said breathe the way I did, I never breathed. And she's like, have your hands up, Corey, put your knee up. And I had my knee up and she was like, and I just let her, it was, it was just, that was it. That was it. But you didn't yo, know. You- yeah, I love. I'm telling. This is the first time I've ever said said this in my life. I love those silent killers. Like I love them. <laughs> You're yo, like yes. Yeah. I yeah. want a bubbly stomach. You're like so excited. Hey, look. I, you know what's so funny about this? 
you guys get to see that I have like some um some like like I'm like a color carnet type of guy. Like, you know, I'm like big with the style. You black know, even gray, my black and gray. even my sweats when I want because I'm supposed to be showing the top up, I'm like moving around. I'm like, oh shoot, they see I have sweats on. But I'm totally glad glad that I came to your show. Anytime you need me, I want to come back. Yes. Oh no. Oh, I mean, seriously, I would love to have you back immediately. Like that's definitely I absolutely. Love, love, Maybe we could come with a theme or something, or I could come and do like a show. I wasn't prepared, but I so I have like a thousand things running through my mind. Yeah. And also, now this is a show for everyone, so yes. I have to take so much out of my mind for yeah. the record. Yeah. But we I'm always prepared. To seed. To we we planted yes. a seed, and God yes. willing, it's the first of many, and yes. it'll be different subjects all the time. Right. That's the absolutely. point. Absolutely. All over the place. It's it's. Um, I'm an advocate for mental health. I'm an advocate for environmental justice, social injustice, um, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQA plus community, women empowerment. Um, you know, it's. I'm here for the artists. I'm here for the the planet and for the world and for the human. Are you here to let me borrow twenty dollars? No, 22. No, How about 22? 22. Oh, that's no. cool. <laughs> then no, no problem. 22. I got 22. I got you. 22. No, seriously. When I send money to people, like if I'm sending like a hundred dollars, I don't send a hundred. I send a hundred and eleven and eleven cents. I'm like, I'm one of those people. If I'm going to send you mm. like $50, I'm going to send you 55, 55. Got you. I'm, I'm about to start girl. doing that. Yeah. My birthday's 11, 11. So I'm a numbers girl. I love your energy. It's so magnificent. <laughs> Takes one to no one. Oh, look at that. Hey, look, that's the point. That's wrong. Let's let's make them jealous. You make sure you add her. She's the one. She's cool. One, 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 hun. What's the four, one, one? I'll tell you the four, one, one. I'm three, one, three, what? I get it right from Seven Mile West Side. We get it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it, Katie. I got to go, Katie. I don't want to leave you. It's been real. It's yeah. been so real. Yeah. Next time I'm not going to be so polite. I'm going to do what Joe Rogan and all the other podcasters do. I'm going to be like, ha, 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 all over the mic. <laughs> uh, I know. You should do one with like having your head down. I start the show like, uh, uh, or no, start the show like going off on someone and then yes. come back and be like, hi. Can we do that Hello. next time? And look, next time, like have a whole art, like don't even have nobody there. Like, what do you mean? You don't deserve to go on break. Do you not know? And then come here by. Hello. Uh-huh. It's good to have you. <laughs> that would be so funny. I mean, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Okay. Until, until next time, everyone, th- or thank you so much for listening, for watching, for being here. Yes. We are flossing and bossing. And I know you want to show this with everyone because we're so yeah. gorgeous and beautiful and we yeah, have so much cool. value and insight to gift to Let's you. So make sure you share with your friends and family, make sure you like, and subscribe and like, keep it real and say positive and cool. And then just check out the show notes below. We're going to have um, all the stuff we've talked about in the show show notes and definitely follow Corey B and keep it real and be on the lookout for like all of his performances and follow his journey show love support Detroit what's up and uh, yeah keep it real and um, we'll see you next time thank you so much and we are out peace thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time Kiriaki over and out